Hi, this is Chef Jackson, and I am the head chef at Bait, and you are listening to an Eddie Eats St. Louis Small Bite. Everybody, we are about to kick off the first small bite episode of Abby Eats St. Louis. That's just our idea to continue the conversation as the week continues because we do a kind of bigger episode when we are going to pick a topic. Uh, this week, of course, was farm to table, but then we wanted to just sit and chat as the week moves forward. And of course, as the weekend is on the horizon, we want to talk about what we're doing over the weekend, and that always includes food. So I am Abby Larico, your host of Abby Eats St. Louis. Join by producer Dory Olmos, yeah. who is always here, whether you know it or not. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Making that magic happen. Doing so many good things. And then this week, we are lucky to be joined by the one and only Kay Quinn. I'm so excited to be here. We are Thank so you happy for inviting you. me. Of course, of course. You are uh, very much in front of the camera, mm -hmm. and but at the same time, I don't think a lot of people realize how much you like being behind the microphone, too, and kind of having these kind of chats. So I do. I love this. You are a natural first pick for our Thank Abby you Beats again. Yes. Small Bites love being here. conversation. So first thing we wanted to kind of do is... Just a quick recap of our Farm to Table episode. Um, Dory and I, when we were kind of going through some of our ideas, we were thinking about the fact that the local food scene really is rooted much more deeply. And pun intended or not intended, whatever people prefer. Um, but it's it, it has such a cool backstory behind it. I really liked being able to kick off the show with that episode. It is so deep and so interconnected. These farmers and all of the restaurants, they all rely on each other so much more than I even thought. And it was really cool going to that middleman area, yes. which I didn't even know existed. We had no clue until somebody suggested. Uh, actually, uh, Katie Caro, shout out to her. Uh, she's does a lot of PR and marketing for different restaurants. So I've come across her a couple different times. But she just said, hey, I actually know this guy and this is his job. And it was cool. A cool little part of the journey that I don't think either one of us is yeah. even intending to take when we started talking about the yeah. episode. So. It makes so much sense because you never think of, you know, the farmers have spent all the time planting, harvesting, you know, doing all the hard work and now they have to sell it. They have to go to what, what like hundreds of different restaurants. No, it right. makes sense. Go to one place, they'll buy it from you and then they take care of the distribution. So cool. Yeah. Kay, how about you? Did you, you know, since you just listened to the entire finished product, what were your thoughts, anything that kind of stuck out to you, especially being somebody who's told St. Louis stories for so long now that we're trying to do it a little differently? Well, I could really pick up on the fact that this is a culture. They, there's there's a whole community out there involved in this. And then I loved the part about how organic is more than just no pesticides, which is yeah. what I kind of always thought. It does taste different. Like, I think it tastes better. You can taste the difference. But then to know, no, it's actually the kinds of bugs they introduce to take care of the pests. It's a much deeper um, approach to growing healthy food. And so I loved learning about that. And then the other thing is I have to do a shout out to rutabaga because I <laughs> love rutabaga. So my dad, whenever we have Thanksgiving, he would always, that was like one of our standard dishes. So like mashed potatoes, mashed rutabaga, and we would 
spend, our mom would peel the outer um, skin off and really? then we chop it up into cubes, boil it, and then mash it and whip it with like, you know, uh, rotary beaters, put in milk and butter and salt and pepper. And I'm telling you, we, we were little kids when this would happen. My sisters and I still make it to this day. Oh, it is awesome. so delicious. And then my other big thing is I love doing roasting root vegetables in the winter because I, I just get hooked on those. And I love being able to change things up by throwing that in every now and then. Or, you know, I'm tired of the parsnips, so I'll put in the rutabaga. So I just thought that it was interesting how everybody was like, nobody likes rutabaga. And I'm sitting there going, no, wait a minute. You, I do. She was the one person who would raise her hand. No, Thanksgiving exactly. is complete. I know. Oh, my God. Kay Quinn was eating rutabaga before it was cool. <laughs> you guys heard it here first. So does it taste similar to mashed potatoes then? Well, it's a little more grainy. So okay. you know how if you whip mashed potatoes with a rotary beater, yeah. you can get them to be like just silky. This is a little more texture in it, but you can get most of the chunks out. In fact, that would be sort of the point of pride. Hey, no lumps in the rutabaga this year. Ah. But it's awesome with like butter, salt, and pepper on the top or even turkey gravy because you just pour gravy on everything on your plate, right? And it, I just think maybe because we were little kids and our parents were so into it that we loved it. But now, like, my husband won't touch it. He's, you know, <laughs> he's not a big vegetable guy anyway. But I think it's, it is an acquired taste because there's a, a bitter nuttiness to it. It's not that smooth pot mashed potato taste you're used to. Mm -hmm. But we love it. Yeah, so awesome. I like the kind of graininess of things. Like, I mean, I know this is a little different, but like grits and stuff like that, I oh, like. I'm not about that. it. Oh, oh I like interesting. It. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, honestly, if you put butter on anything, I'd probably eat it. <laughs> I agree. And, and while we're talking about, yeah, while we're talking about root vegetables, um, something that didn't make it into the episode, but made it into, I think, every single conversation we had yes. while we were recording this. I know exactly what you're going to say. Visia and the, what they do with the root vegetables there and their steaks and the things that they're able to do. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Chef Michael Galena because this week um, he actually traveled for the James Beard Foundation's Awards. He was nominated for Best Chef Midwest. And yes, it's so awesome to see local restaurants, especially people who are doing something as daring as taking vegetables and trying to sell people on mm -hmm. eating a vegetable instead of a steak. You know, what? it's it really is a big thing. And I love when St. Louis gets out there. On oh, the, heck yeah. On <laughs> the food scene with that. Um, the other thing that we got feedback wise was something from uh, one of our producers here, Jennifer Feldman, said she loved the first episode, but she had to stop in the middle and Google what sorghum was. Which, then I thought about it, and I was like, well, I kind of know what it is, but mm -hmm. I know it's delicious. I know it made a great butter. Kay, did you know what sorghum was? You know, I've heard about it before, I, I, but I couldn't draw you a picture of it. Right, I mean, right. you know, I, I know it's out there, but I've never cooked with it, and I, I love cooking. So tell me about it. So I actually wanted to look up what sorghum was for her. So essentially it is, sorghum is a grain. Um, this is what the internet has taught me. So if somebody has a dispute with this definition, <laughs> please let me know. Um, but sorghum is kind of like a cereal-like grain. And from that, you can make a really syrupy sweetener. Um, it's often found in like 
teriyaki sauces, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Um, but the number one use for sorghum, the grain, is to feed cows. Oh, interesting. So it sounds like it was. it's an interesting use of sorghum because I'm sure they could make more money on it. by, And it's probably an easier process for these especially local farmers um, to use them a little, use it a little differently. That's why Chef Rob Connolly talking about all the research he did to try to find good pure sorghum was pretty interesting. Um, but food words, that got us kind of started on yeah, that. Yeah, food words, but, which I had never heard of sorghum before he cooked it for us and was scooping it out of a little tub of butter. And it was, oh my gosh, it made that dish that he made so much tastier. It just wow. like melted. It was so delicious. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any words that you guys could had thought about that you were like, wait a minute, I don't know if I know what that means? Well, so I... You know, I, I love cooking, and I feel like I know a lot of names of different foods, but I have this Chinese chili recipe I make, which I'm not kidding. It takes an hour to chop all the vegetables, peppers, meat, and everything else, because everything has to be in, like, tiny little, almost like huh. minced. But one thing it calls for is San Marzano tomatoes, and I'm like, what are those? And the only San Marzano tomatoes I could find were canned, which didn't thrill me too much, mm-hmm. but I had never heard of those. And to this day, I, I, I need to Google that. I still really, I mean, would any tomato work? I don't know, but I did find these canned ones. And then the other thing is burrata. Burrata. What is Wait, that? Wait, I feel like I know what that is. Is that some kind of sausage? Maybe? No. Wait. No, because I found this great recipe of all these chopped and roasted vegetables, and you do it in on a circular plate where in the middle you'd almost put a dip, but that's where the burrata goes. It is a mozzarella cheese ball filled with cream. How did I not and know that And it's called is? burrata. <laughs> and well, this recipe is so cool because you have bread on the side, the roasted vegetables and the burrata in the middle and you're eat that's how you eat it you put a little you cut some of the burrata with the cream off put it on the bread and eat, oh my gosh it's so good but I ne- and I'm like wow then I go to the store to buy one and I realize I've been seeing the burrata for years I just never knew what it was Oh, that breaks my heart that there's a type of cheese that is <laughs> we have not explored. Yeah. delicious sounding, and I haven't explored it. We might need to do an entire Ooh, episode on We cheese. might need to do a taste test. Yes. Ooh, oh, yes. this is so good. Yeah. I wish Kay would have been more prepared for this interview. Well, I do, too. Well, here's the cheese. thing. So I don't want to be, like, endorsing products or anything, but the New York Times cooking app mm. is unbelievable, and I know they charge for it. We get the New York Times at home, so we thereby get the subscription, the online subscription. And I think I might have been grandfathered in because I was got the cooking app, but it has so many great recipes. I just highly recommend it. Fun things to try. You can, it, it has filters where you can pick any meal, any dietary needs, everything else. It's so cool. I have made the New York Times chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. And I remember I was like, this is really good. You're mm-hmm. supporting journalism and your cooking habits at the same time. Go. I think that that is perfectly worthy <laughs> okay, of endorsement. Okay, good. Oh, well, I had to mention it. Absolutely. When we go back to the, uh, really quickly, wanted to go back to the food words. And I posted on Instagram at Abby Eats St. Louis, just asking the, uh, followers if they had any words that they had. One of them was Induya. Are you familiar with Induya? No. It's spelled N-D-U-J-A. Any guesses of what that word is? That sounds like a sausage. Uh, well, I was going to say a sauce. 
you or guys like are an oil. kind of right. So andouille is a spicy, spreadable sausage, which oh, at wow. first doesn't sound good, but then I think about it in applications. Like I really like like um, pates and stuff like that. So I think it's similar to that. It's highly spiced and it's Italian. I believe, but they eat it a lot in England. Interesting. So maybe it's worthy of this week for your royal baby celebration. That's a good idea. Well, so andouille sausage, it sounded like that to me, which is why I thought maybe there was some connection. You're... That is some wordsmithery. I like it. Did you study Latin at some point? <laughs> no. Well, I think that just, you, you get the I don't know. I can just hear it. the connection somehow. There you go. Awesome. So, Dory, let's talk about what we're going to do uh, this this upcoming podcast, yeah? Yeah. Brunch. Brunch. Oh, brunch. Okay, how do you feel about brunch? I love brunch. Yes. I love to make brunch. Me too. I actually really like cooking brunch. What's your go-to brunch recipe or brunch item? My... Um, well, I make homemade waffles because I have this waffle iron I got a couple Christmases ago. With It's a two-sided, so you can cook one, flip it flip over, it. cook another one. Because usually, you know, it, the problem with homemade waffles is one well. person gets theirs and then you're making the next one. They've eaten it and then, the ne- you know, it, all that waiting. Um, but I just love my double waffle maker. And then I just experiment with putting different things in the mix. Sometimes it's cinnamon, brown sugar. Sometimes I'll put blueberries in there. Ooh. Yeah. There's nothing like a fresh homemade waffle. Oh, my gosh. That sounds perfect, yeah. too. And then, yeah, having two at the same time. I'm a big chicken and waffles fan, Ooh. Uh, especially because there's so many good places to get chicken around here. It's like now more places have started making chicken and waffles part yep. of their menu. And I, Even on dinner menus. Yes. I'm obsessed yeah. with it. It's one of those things I never would have thought I'd like because it's like it's sweet and savory at the same, same time. time. I'm not a huge like chocolate salted caramel person, mm-hmm. but when it comes to something like that, I've been a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, crave we, it constantly. We do um, Swedish pancakes a lot at my Ooh, place. I Some love them. those. Yes. Really flat, huge, crispy, put a little bit of butter, um, some lincolnberry jam on there mm-hmm. and some whipped cream. Oh, it's all you need. Delicious. Ooh, yes. Interesting. So tasty. So are those always sweet or can you make them savory? You can make the... them a little savory. Okay. Yeah, but we usually do them sweet. What's the mm-hmm. biggest difference between that and a crepe? I think crepes are a little bit thicker, maybe okay. a little bit eggier mm-hmm. than uh, a Swedish pancake, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not familiar, so I'm oh, like, they're love so those. good. That yeah, sounds... they are. That sounds so good. Well, part of the reason we wanted to talk about brunch is not only is that going to be the focus of our story episode next Tuesday of Abby Eats St. Louis, but also it's Mother's Day. I know. It's going to be a big one for brunch. Um, Kay, do you guys like to go out for brunch or anything like that? How do they treat you? How does your family, how do your boys treat you on Mother's Day? Well... I guess because I'm a little picky and because I'm uh, maybe a little type A, I always make my own reservation. Because, you know, if you wait too long, you get (laughs) iced out and then you are cooking at home. How old is your son? Remind me. 17. Okay. My husband is old enough to know too. (laughs) But, you know, you have to pull the trigger fast on reservations in this town. You cannot wait until Saturday. Yes. No. Right. So that's happened before where on the Friday before they'll go, where do you want to go? And I'm like, we're never going to find a place. So three weeks ago, my go-to place is Brio. I just love Brio for brunch. I don't know what it is. I think it's the combination of the setting, the outdoor, indoor, Italian feel kind of setting. I love the drink menu. So I could have 
if I want to have a mimosa or a, even a virgin one or a Bloody Mary. And then I just like the menu, being able to choose different things. It's not a buffet, which doesn't break my heart. I don't think every brunch has to be a buffet. No. In fact, we've been to Squires before, which is brunch, but not a buffet. Right. Although they have a great Bloody Mary bar, which Ooh, is like I'm a buffet. I'm a sucker for a Bloody Mary. Oh Ooh. my God. The Bloody <laughs> Mary bar, where you can load your own with like as many olives or whatever as you want. Yes. So anyway, we're going to Brio Sunday. That'll yeah. be good. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I always feel like the people who work at Brio are always so friendly, too. Yes. I like I go there for lunch sometimes with mm-hmm. my grandma and my aunt, and ooh, it's always so good. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dory? What are your go-to Mother's Day plans or brunch plans or maybe combination? For well, this year? yeah, it'll be a little bit of a combination. So I just moved back here last summer from the East Coast. This is my first Mother's Day back home. My mom made reservations for us this year. We are going. See? Well, Let's see. Mama's got it figured out. Mom's yep. got it going. <laughs> we'll wait to hear. We're going to the Cardinals game. She's like, oh, do you want to go? So I was like, yeah, we'll go to the Cardinals game. That sounds great. That's She's like, so go get a yeah. purse because they're giving away purses for Mother's oh, Day. Yeah. Nice. It's what she wants. Hey, nothing right? wrong go. with that. Gotta go Perfect. with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I have been trying to go to all sorts of different places, but I gotta give a shout out to Juniper for brunch. I love their brunch. And unfortunately, they used to be, their lo- I was really, really close to their old location in the Central West End on Boyle. They moved to a bigger location because they were doing great, and then they started serving brunch. They're still not too far from me. I live in the Central West End, so they're still in the neighborhood, but it's a little bit farther. I have to go on a Sunday morning, but one of the things about my shift on Tissel is that I try not to have caffeine or too much sugar on Sundays um, just to try to make myself fall asleep earlier on a Sunday. So because of that, though, I reward myself with a good Bloody Mary on Sundays. (laughs) And Juniper's has my favorite. But that being said, I'm always up for suggestions. So please let me know if anybody listening to this has a better Bloody Mary suggestion because that, to me, is a go-to brunch staple. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the bottomless mimosas. Mimosa, more mimosa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were saying, what do you put in your mimosas and or Bloody Mary's K when you go to the load them up uh, the Bloody Mary I would probably choose that before the mimosa mm-hmm. and I real I just love the olives and the salt and yeah. something about that saltiness of it that is just delicious with the tomato juice and oh wow so good I use it as an excuse to drink hot sauce pretty much <laughs> I just load it up with hot sauce it's awesome that. I'm a big fan um, we got some big news in the brunch world, though, and the St. Louis restaurant news. Dory, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. So we have the story on our website, Bristol Seafood Grill, which I've been to once for the crab cakes, having just moved back here from the East Coast where crab cakes in Baltimore were king. They had very great crab cakes, but... It got the Baltimore girl approval. Oh, got the Baltimore girl (laughs) approval. Not quite as good, but very good. So they were just named one of the 100 best brunch spots in all of the country. Um, and that was according to Open Table. What an honor for this place that I yeah. thought of as just like a fancy dinner spot. I didn't know they had such a great brunch program. Apparently, it's bottom, well, not bottomless, but uh, it's all a, you buffet. Can eat a buffet. Yeah, yes. I was there. I haven't been oh. there in a little while, but I have been before, and it's delicious and it's always packed, which I think is like the seal of approval when yes. it's a. You know, you know a it's busy restaurant, be good, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, I was looking at their menu yesterday. I couldn't even pick like five things. Like <laughs> there were so many things that I would want to try there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It looked yeah. good. I haven't been there for. That was a place we went after a couple 
confirmations or first communions and things <laughs> in my family. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've been there for brunch either, but it just got to add it to the list. It's man. on my list for sure. Yeah. Do you have yeah. a list? I think everybody well, in St. Louis has a list at this point of places they want to try. Uh, you know, I go, I, I kind of get in like ruts where I go to the same places just because I have such a good experience. Yeah. One of them is Vindicette. Have you ever been? They yes. don't, I don't think they do brunch every weekend, but they do them on like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter. It is, you know, you're on the rooftop, which Gorgeous I love. Spot. Gorgeous. I always feel like I'm in Chicago. I don't know why you can see the arch, you know, but they do such a great job because they have a huge sort of the traditional hot foods, um, eggs and bacon and all that kind of stuff, hash browns, but they have the most incredible pastry part of the buffet with all these tiny little, everything from little pecan, you know, pastries to the bigger ones and cakes. And they just really do a good job. I love the sweets. I'm just a sweet tooth at a, at a brunch or a buffet. I, this is the best thing about brunch is you can eat a little bit of sweet while all you're eating it. your savory. Yes. It's great. You can do a little bit of everything. So we know brunch is going to be a big thing this weekend, especially with Mother's Day. But we wanted to go through a couple of other things that people can look forward to this weekend when it comes to St. Louis food. Uh, strawberry season begins at Eckert's. That's pretty exciting. Very I remember exciting. going in. I was just thinking about this yesterday. I remember going uh, looking for strawberries as a kid and chasing frogs because oh. there were more frogs there um, than I'd seen in my life. And I thought that was fun. But shout out to Eckert's because they open with all of that. And it's always it's always a nice little thing to go do is yes. with your family. Great Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. It's awesome. And here's a good idea. If you've never done this, homemade strawberry freezer jam. You don't have to can it. You Basically what it is is a bunch of strawberries and a bunch of sugar that you cook down. But you know what? You can go and have fun. Pick as many strawberries as you want. Make as much as you want because you make it on a, on a stove where you heat this concoction all up. And then you don't have to, you know, go and buy mason jars and worry about the can sealing and everything else. All you have are little plastic containers, really any kind of plastic container. Put your jam in there. Put it in the freezer. It is to die for. No way. So, so good. Just put it in the freezer. How is the consistency of it? Do you have to thaw it or anything? Well, so then once it comes out of the freezer, it goes in the fridge. And right, it's going to be hard when you first take it out. But like, say you take it out the night before and then you want it on your toast the next morning. It's a beautiful consistency. It's not frozen anymore. And it's ta- you can really taste the fruit because you haven't put a lot of chemicals. I mean, basically, it's fruit and sugar, which is right. what jam is anyway. What jam so, should be. Yes. And it's just... It's fun, like especially if you want a little project on the weekends or maybe a little family project because you need some people to, you know, like wash and cut the fruit and then you need people to be cooking it and getting the, preparing the little containers. It's really fun. And there's lots of recipes out there. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. That sounds great. I definitely um, want to do that. Can you do it with any other fruits or do you do mostly do it with strawberries? You know what? I've never explored that. I'm sure you could, but strawberry freezer jam. Oh my gosh, so good. That sounds awesome. Kay, we might have to get that on Instagram so that we can have people sharing it because that's a yeah, great, yeah. great idea. Yes. Also, food trucks Fridays start uh, in Tower Grove Park, and that's a big, okay, strawberry season and food truck Fridays. <laughs> Guys, it's <laughs> summertime. It's summer in St. Louis. I'm so excited for that. So yes, of course, Sauce Magazine and their food truck Fridays. Um, you're going to have the old standbys as per usual. It's dog friendly, which is a big thing for me. For me, um, yep. yes. 
Yes, and the food truck scene here is so cool. So it's going to be exciting to see all of that. All the food trucks out again this weekend. There was a huge list. I I couldn't even pick another favorite from them, too, because there was, I think, 27 different food trucks that are going, at least to this week. So many to choose from. I don't know how you would pick what you would want to get. Yeah. Buzz's Hawaiian Grill. That's true. That was on there. Well, Kay, you are like a Hawaiian traveler, so... Well, this is the thing. I grew up in Hawaii, so... when I don't think I realized that. Yes. I lived there when I, I moved there when I was two and a half, and we moved away when I was in... 10th grade. And so Buzz's does your traditional, what well, they call it in uh, in the islands, plate lunch. It's teriyaki chicken, or it could be beef or whatever, and then a scoop of white rice and a scoop of mac salad. And so it's macaroni salad, but it's made in the island way. And that is, if you went to a food truck in Hawaii and got the plate lunch, that's exactly how it would be served. And that's exactly how they serve it here. So I, I always look online at the menu. They do so many traditional Hawaiian Hawaiian things that are true to what's actually being done in Hawaii. You know how sometimes the knockoff doesn't really work or they, they've they had to change the recipe to appeal to people in the Midwest or whatever? Yep. Not this this place. Buzz's is doing it just like you'd get it if you were in Hawaii. And I love that, too, because that authenticity in our... Instagram culture, I feel like there's a lot of people who feel this pressure to make things look pretty or to please people. And that's that's not just Instagram. It's been happening as foods are introduced to the masses, especially of different ethnicities for forever. Um, but it's cool to see when people just stick to it and they know they're making something good and they just roll with it quite literally on a food truck and it's still successful like that. Yeah. I've got to give a shout out to, um, I've given a lot of shout outs this That's episode, okay. but you know, I, I'm a girl who likes to shout. Um, Gorilla Street, they're just Ugh. like, they do kind of make things look a little sexier than when my grandma cooks Filipino food, but I still love what they're able to do there, you know, flying pigs and all that. It's always <laughs> Isn't good. it so funny how you go back to your your childhood when you eat? Like, I really think there's something about those early years and the kinds of food you had that you look for, you seek that out in life. Like, I think that story you just told is real. I think that they say that smells are the sense that really call you back, but smell and taste are related. And I kind of would, I agree with you Mm -hmm. completely. I think there's something about the flavor of something that you have it. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it recently I was at Aldi and they had a cookie there that looked like what are called delicias, which are a Polish cookie. And I'm half Filipino, half Polish. Oh, that's so cool. People ask me that all the time. And I grew up with a lot of the foods from both. I loved my delicias. I would just eat so many of them. And it's essentially just a kind of a soft cookie with a piece of like a fruit jelly on top and then chocolate layer over the top of that. And so it it's not for everybody. Sometimes people sounds bite into delicious. it. I think it sounds great. I'm a big fan. And Aldi often has those random like international foods lately, I've noticed. And they had some, and I don't remember what they called them, but it wasn't the Delizia brand. But I remember I got some, and I crushed that pack of cookies. I mean, and I called my sister, and I was like, oh, my gosh, look, we ha- I got Delizia's now. And I had some. I got an extra box so that I could have I was going to say, did you there. share with her? I did a little bit. Okay. Um, I kept most of them at my place. What she doesn't know won't hurt her. Right. Exactly. Just, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. Right. But it's so true. I just love that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'll probably... 
Oh, I know my grandmother doesn't know how to listen, download podcasts yet, and I, I'll tell her. I'll get some for her as a surprise. There you go. Oh, that's she a great gift. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah, it'll be cute. Anything else we wanted to plug that's happening this weekend or anything like that? I don't think so. Not from my looking around. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, we always want to make sure that this is part of our small bite episode. So if you know of anything that's happening in the food world, if you are opening a cool new restaurant or having an event or a pop-up or anything like that, reach out to us on social media, um, the Abby Eats St. Louis Instagram, but always email. Uh, you can always email podcasts at ksdk.com yep, as well. podcasts at ksdk.com. Um, and of course, well, we have the one and only Kay Quinn here. Um, I've loved learning a little bit more about how you like to cook and things like like that. If I were inviting you to a brunch party or I had to throw a brunch party coming up here, what's the recipe that you would share with me or something you'd recommend, assuming you're not giving me your waffle iron? Well, um, so I make my waffles out of a mix, but it's the uh, Kodiak mix. So it's a high protein, um, usually kind of high fiber mixes. And you find it right with the Aunt Jemima. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can add your own ingredients. That's you know, and the other thing is hash browns. I've tried every sort of, I've made my own hash browns, tried all these different freezer hash browns, and I have to give the shout out to the Trader Joe's. The ones mm, that you find yeah. in the package oh, there. Yeah, we have those. Yep. They're so good. They mm-hmm. don't, sometimes the freezer hash browns get mushy. I would never have thought you could have a good freezer, oh my freezer God. hash brown. This is good to know. These are, are really good. good. They keep their, the potato keeps its firmness. They crisp up nicely and they don't end up kind of in a mushy heap at the bottom of the bowl. So those would be my two tips. Awesome. Well, Kay, happy early Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Once again, we will be back in your feeds on Tuesday with another episode of Abby Eats St. Louis. We're going to be talking all things brunch. And just to give you a little sneak peek at that, it's going to be a lot about the business of brunch. And we've learned some really interesting things. And I talked to a chef who you may have heard of from some of his other culinary pursuits. And there's a reason he keeps coming back to breakfast. And Mm -hmm. there's a reason that breakfast is the most important meal even for chefs. So we'll talk a little bit more about about that. I can't wait for you to listen, Kay. So make sure once again, you tweet us, email us, follow us on Instagram. Let us know what your weird food words are. Um, And we also want to hear your feedback. We're brand new with this whole thing. So we want to hear what you guys have to say, if you have any other ideas or feedback for the overall production. And if I'm going to leave you on one note, if you're making your mother breakfast this weekend... Buy local produce and buy local eggs, especially. Um, it Support your local farmers if you're not supporting a local restaurant by going out to brunch. And I can't wait to be back in your feed on Tuesday. Till then, seize the plate.